0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick.
1: What's going on, guys?
0: All right, so um, not doing trivia this week. There's a lot of news to talk about, so we'll just get right into it. We're going to start with football. You can go ahead.
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah, in terms of trivia, um, we'll be back next week, hopefully. Uh, Honestly, me and Brian didn't have that much time this week, but, um, you know, things are kind of coming back to normal, and I'd say the political sphere is, like, calming down a little bit, so we feel like we could go back to doing trivia again, um, which is a good thing to see. Um, but uh, I just want to pre warn before I go into the NFL, there is a little bit of controversial topics this week. Um, you know, I'll be, I do plan to talk about the NASCAR situation, which I think is pretty interesting. And you know, before we even go into that, uh, same thing as last week and the previous weeks at Sport Universe. Here, we, you know all of our opinions are our own individually. we not not have, we'll have one opinion as like an organization. Um, you know, for instance, uh, one of our writers, uh, Matthew Iberger Who's actually, a pretty good friend of mine from Binghamton. Um, you know, he he wrote an article yesterday or two days ago about how the Washington Redskins should change their name and you know, what their race past, passed, they're trying to remove themselves from from that era, I guess. Uh, you know, a little background on that they were the last team to integrate. Um, they were their owner was stubborn and would not desegregate the team and actually had a hurting their record and their franchise as a whole. In terms of like you know economically as well as record wise, forget you know human rights. Um, so you know, uh, Mr. highberger is is very strong, strongly opinionated about you know changing the name, distance themselves from that past. And me personally, I think that like in terms of like you know sticking to the Washington Redskins, that I, I think they should keep the name. I don't think it's it's over. I don't think. The name itself, I think the intention is what really matters. I don't think the name like the Redskins is really intentional to, to be offensive to anybody. I think in today's realm that it's, it's really anybody being offended by it is really just reaching. Um, you know, it's a name, uh, nobody in that organization nor you know intends to be racist or or wants to offend anybody, it's not their intention. And I also think you know, removing statues or removing history, you know, um, I like this one quote, I forget where I read it from but history is there for us to learn from and see what was wrong in the past and hopefully learn from that, not for us to erase it because we don't like it. And that's kind of something that I go along with myself um, in terms of, like, judging how, like, tearing out statues, whatever it might be. Um, So that's kind of how I feel about that. But uh, overall, just using that as an example, um, just, you know, how we have different opinions. So when we do get to NASCAR later, uh, just know. And we obviously respect everybody's opinions, too, so that's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, but that being said a little less controversial uh, pretty much a sports base so we're going to the NFL um, so the NFL I'd say the biggest news coming out of the NFL this week is going to be Jamal Adams um, he has requested a trade from the New York Jets after a long-standing battle to uh, you know figure out his contract situation obviously Jamal Adams um, I believe he is 24 years old uh, top three safety in the NFL easily um, you know his numbers prove it he's been great for for two years now a couple years now for the Jets uh, his rookie contract is expiring and he wants to he wants to be paid for what, what he's worth and I think he should be um, he's an a- a- excellent player um, and you know they have going back and forth between contracts and ultimately they haven't really reached an agreement and Jamal Adams has requested a trade uh, he has seven teams that he pref- uh, prefers to land on, and then is going to be the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs, Eagles, my pizza rolls are done, uh, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Um, you know, honestly, I will get Brian's on in a second. I think this trade request is really a ploy. I think Jamal Adams enjoys his time in New York. He's just frustrated that he, the fact that he can't get the contract, he think he's worth. Um, and I think it's, it's more of a ploy to be like, either pay me or trade me. And he really wants to get paid. He doesn't want to get traded. But... Um, could he get traded? I could see the Jets doing it, being stupid enough to trade him. You know, at 24 years old, if you give him a big contract, you, you know, a player like Jamal Adams is going to produce for you. He's passionate, he's talented. Um, 24 years old, you're going to get a good eight, another eight years out of him, which is in football, that's a long time. That's a long time to have a top tier safety. Um, you know, considering the fact that he probably going to drop off a little bit after 30 to 32 years old, um, you know, you're going to get a, long, a lot of production out of him for quite some years. Um, he's definitely worth keeping. I think the Jets would be stupid to trade him. Um, that being said, if they were to trade him, I honestly see him probably going to the Cowboys. Um, I think the Cowboys probably have the most assets to trade him. Um, it seems to be the team that he's wanted to go to the most. Um, yeah, it was a video that leaked about him. I wouldn't say leaked, but it was posted about him on social media that somebody asked me to going to Dallas, and Jamal Adams said from his car that he's trying to. Um, it' should be interesting to see wherever he lands if he goes somewhere um my personal opinion i'm gonna you know just take a guess now he's gonna stay with the jets the jets are gonna offer him the contract that he wants uh the the trade request was a bluff in order for him to get the numbers that he wanted and that's gonna be the end of it uh that's so that's my opinion, Brian what do you have to say yeah
0: um I really do hope it's a ploy and they do end up signing him but as a jet fan i'm i've been frustrated with the jets, but this even frustrates me more. I don't know if I'm just like that type of a fan that just gets angry at his teams because it seems like I'm always mad at my teams. But their whole they keep saying they want Jamal Adams to be a Jet for life. And I really hope that's true. But if you're going to make a player you want to be a Jet for life angry to the point where he's requesting a trade, even if it is a ploy, he's still very frustrated at the, at the, at the Jets. It doesn't make any sense to me why you're making him more and more angry. It's obvious Jamal Adams is a really great player, Um, one of the best players the Jets have had for in a while, just a superstar at the age of 24. It's obvious he's good. He's going to get a big contract, and if you're going to make him a Jet for life, you're going to have to offer him a big contract. So do it now so he's not even more angry at the team that you want him to be on for the rest of his career. And, I mean... The Jets, I don't know if you said this, but the Jets don't have to offer him a contract um, because he still has, I think, a year or two left on his rookie contract. So they don't have to offer him, nor do they have to trade him. Um, He could end up holding out, probably. I don't know if he's the type of player to do that because he's very passionate about football. But the Jets do have the right to just not do anything with him and hold on to him. But if you want to have a player like him on your team for the rest of his career, you want him to be happy and making him frustrated this early on is not a good way to go about it.
1: I mean, yeah, I totally agree with you. Obviously, he's still on his rookie contract. They don't have to extend him, but he wants to be extended. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the Jets feel, you know, the Jets, it's smart on their part is that they want to keep him on his rookie contract, which if you guys don't know how contracts are structured, essentially... Anyone's rookie's contract is going to be cheaper than the contract they get right after if they played well during their, those rookie contract years. It's um, going to be a lot more money for the Jets in terms of salary cap, so they want to get it. They want to have him for as cheap, cheap as possible for as many years as possible, and then they might offer him that big money. Um, but if he wants the money now. You know, it, it, you know, most players in the in the league, the franchises hold the power. You know, they have the power whether to sign a guy or not. But somebody like Jamal Adams, where he's this talented at this young. You know he has. He, I would say he has the leverage in the situation. The Jets are, are at the point where they're going to have to conform to his demands, or they're going to lose him. Because um, you could see a situation like Le'Veon Bell, where Jamal Adams chooses to sit out, yeah. and that's it's, it's the last thing you want is be paying a guy even on a rookie contract and him not playing, especially when he's that talented. Um, Jets are in a tough situation. I don't think there's really an easy answer for it. All I can say is that I think they're better off paying him than not and losing him when he's this talented at this young. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to see what you guys have to say about it. But So you think you think he's going to stay a jet,
0: Brian? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, they're definitely going to... I th- If they're that dumb to let him go away, I they're not going to get anyone better. Like, he's a superstar at such a young age. It would just be stupid for them to let him go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that wraps about Jamal Adams, but yeah, they should definitely keep holding on to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from Jamal Adams, uh, we have Debo Samuel, who a wide receiver for the 49ers, uh, rookie last year, had a pretty incredible year as a rookie. Um, you know, during the offseason, well, this was June 18th, so it was about 10 days ago. Obviously, I couldn't make the podcast last week, so I didn't get to really cover this. Um, so Debo Samuel is going to be out for 12 to 16 weeks with a fracture in his foot. Um, You know, fractured foot from a medical perspective is not too hard to recover from, so that's a good news. I don't think he'll suffer too much in terms of the rehab side. Um, But if he does miss out at the start of the season, that's going to be pretty big for the 49ers. A really good rookie wide receiver. I'm sure they were building a scheme around him with how good of a rookie year he had. You know, they were definitely planning to use him probably more going into this season because obviously the 49ers ran with the ball a lot. And I think one of the mistakes you can make as an NFL team is to stay uh, stagnant in your play design. So, you know, the 49ers, all they did was run the ball last year. If they do that again, I think teams are going to learn how more and more to stop how to stop that, that particular run set that they're running, whatever it might be. Um, so I think they would be smart to maybe pass a little bit more this year and use Debo Samuel, but if he's going to be out, it's, it's a tough loss for them. Um, I think they will be fine. They still have a great roster, uh, still, you know, Super Bowl possible Super Bowl favorites uh, going into the season, but big loss for the 49ers. And then the only other – I guess there's two more – pieces of news coming out of the NFL over this past couple weeks. Uh we have Brandon Brooks, uh guard for the Eagles. Uh D ACL is going to be out for this season. Um pretty big loss for the the Eagles. Obviously their offense struggled last year um with offensive lineman injuries and this is one of them happening again. And secondary to that they had the wide receiver problem, which they tried to address in the draft obviously with Rager. Um and it should be interesting to see how the Eagles play out this year. This is kind of it's kind of between the Eagles and the Cowboys to see who, for over the past couple of years, to see who's going to take that that you know crown of the NFC East. And this is kind of, a, in my opinion, it's a pretty big blow for the Eagles. Um, he's a really talented guard for them, um, and you know with their offense hopefully coming back into shape this year, this is not what they wanted to see uh, so early on. Maybe they'll find a good replacement for him um, out of maybe somebody having the roster, or free agent, whatever it might be. Uh, but pretty big loss for the Eagles. And beyond that the last piece of significant news for the week was that the NFL decided to cancel the Hall of Fame game, which, if you guys know what the Hall of Fame game is, essentially it's the first game of every NFL season. Um, It's the preseason. The game really doesn't count, and I'm assuming they canceled it most likely because of coronavirus. It would make sense. Um, I believe that's what the reasoning was. Um, And obviously they're just trying to push back the, the start date of the NFL as much as possible, and playing unnecessary games like the preseason might be a thing that we see... Going forward, we might see the NFL cancel more preseason games um, just to play it safe. Obviously, if they're unnecessary games that don't really count towards the regular season, then there's no point in forcing players to play. Obviously, you know, I, I, I want to say they're unnecessary because the players that are on the cusp of making or not making a roster, those games are big for them. Obviously, during the preseason, NFL teams don't play their starters. They play their backups. They see which backups have potential, and they keep those players going on to the, the actual roster. Because you have to cut the roster down. I believe from seventy-two or seventy-three to fifty-man roster, fifty-three-man roster. I think it's fifty-three-man. I think it's seventy-two to fifty-three at the start of the regular season. So you have to cut about twenty guys there. Um, and you know those preseason games are huge for those guys, which would stink for them. And I, I understand, but I, at the end of the day, you know player safety has to come before everything. And if they're technically unnecessary games for the franchise then I think it's important that they they cut those games away so it makes sense they cut it. Um, Other than that, not much NFL news. Brian, you have any comments, questions, concerns on those last pieces? No. All right, so I think we're heading into the NBA now. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, so uh, as we know from last week and previous weeks, basketball is back on, um, but there's some interesting things that have been coming out. A lot regarding the, the rise in coronavirus cases in Florida, which is where they're going to be holding the basketball or the rest of the NBA season. So there's a lot of uh, controversy around all this. But the first thing I want to talk about, Willie Colley-Stein, who's I think a center for the Mavericks, opted out of the restart plan, so he's not going to be playing with the team in Orlando, which I think is officially one of the first players to opt out of playing. So they went and signed Trey Burke, who um, is a guard that was a free agent. There's really nothing else there, but just really the first player to say, you know what, I'm not going to risk anything, and I'm not going to play for the Mavericks this the rest of the season. Uh, the next thing I really want to talk about, which is more important, Adam Silver uh, basically commented on the coronavirus and how uh, major it's becoming in Florida, and basically his opinions on why they decided to keep on going with their restart plan and to make it in Florida. He explained that out of his two options, which I'm pretty sure were Las Vegas and Florida, Florida was the best option. had the best facilities to um, had the best facilities to house the rest of the NBA season. And he basically said that yeah, there's still a risk. There's always going to be a risk because the virus is going to be with us for the foreseeable future. But because they can make it a facility for all the NBA to be held it's much safer than anything else and was their best option moving forward. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about is that the NBA and the NBA Players Association are trying to come to an agreement where they can give players the right to put uh, social justice messages on the back of their jerseys instead of um, their names. And that's, I think... Well, first off, it's a very, it would be very cool if they were able to do that, but I think that's also... Maybe to comment back to Kyrie Irving's concerns about social justice and players speaking out and to give players another way to uh, support what's going on in the world around them and to really fight back and show, I don't want to say social justice, but just uh, social justice messages on the back of their jerseys. And in my opinion, that'd be really cool. And I hope they could figure that out. Mm. Any uh, comments, Nick?
1: Uh, sure, I guess the last piece, I'm, t- I'm honestly probably not in favor of them sh- showing social justice messages um, in place of their names. I'd be fine if they weren't on their jerseys in, in addition to their names, but I don't know. I feel it would be weird to have, instead of LeBron James having James in the back of his, his jersey, to have Black Lives Matter. Yeah,
0: the, I-, I don't know if they're officially, like. well, they're not Yeah. on anything. Yeah, but. yeah they
1: haven't have officially done anything, but to have something like that, I feel it would be weird. Yeah. Um, also, you know, how, how would the jerseys look if people had their own individual pieces on the jerseys? I'm not, Again, I'm not against them wearing social justice mm-hmm. messages on their jerseys. It's just like, I think the way that it's carried out is kind of important. True. So it doesn't look like a total hot mess <laughs> on a jersey. I'll start placing their names. I feel like it's a little weird, too. But we'll have to see what comes of that. Um, I think also one, two things that I wanted to cover from the NBA, uh, the, the NBA that you hadn't said. Were a couple of player signings and and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um. So going into it, uh, within the last couple of weeks, we have I think the first piece of news news was um. Davis Burton's said he's going to sit out the rest of the season. Who's a pretty solid power forward for the Wizards. Okay. Um, the Kings went up signed Corey Brewer. who's thirty four. Um, hasn't really made an impact in the NBA in a few years. Um, Avery Bradley opted out for the rest of the season, which is leading the, the Lakers possibly to sign J.R. Smith in the future. I did not know that. Yeah, so, it's, uh, Avery Bradley decided to sit out. I, I think Avery Bradley decided to sit out before Willie Colley's time.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm sure he did. Um, and, that, and the Lakers are prompted to sign, uh, J.R. Smith, which should be interesting because we know how Jr. Smith and LeBron ended last time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, the Nets are, are going to sign Tyler Johnson for the rest of the season. Um, we had Vince Carter retire, so, uh, you know, Vince Carter, one of the greats we kind of saw coming. He's four, He's going to turn 43. He turned 43 in January, so he was pretty old. It was about time for him to retire. Uh, one of the all time greats in the NBA, uh, eight time All Star, you know, 22 seasons. Um, you know, he was great. Um, you know, congrats on a great career to Vince Carter. One of the greats, best dunker I think the NBA has ever seen. Um, incredible career, so congrats to him. Um, beyond that, uh, not much else to say. You know, I just wanted to cover a little bit of the signings and such. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing that I wanted to say was that the NBA draft would have happened uh, three days ago. And I, I don't, is there a set date for the NBA draft? I don't know yet. I
0: think so. I'll look
1: it up. I, I don't think they've decided when the draft is yet. It um, should be interesting to see what, when and if so they have the draft. Because what, again, it would have happened three days ago. They've obviously pushed it back. Yeah. Um, the question is, when is it going to happen? So, it it's was, it's happen usually happen. held on June 25th, but obviously it didn't happen. So it should be interesting to see when that happens. Um, other than that, that about covers everything that I want to talk about. Also, in the NBA, I forgot one last thing. It was it LaMarcus Aldridge is out for the season? Um, I believe he suffered an injury that's going to put him out for the season. And I forgot what the injury was. Uh, he's going through shoulder surgery. Um, you know, He's getting up there in age. 34, but he's still averaging 19 points a game for the Spurs. And obviously the Spurs are going to be one of the playoff teams going down to Orlando, so it's going to be a pretty big loss for them. They're already fighting an uphill uphill battle with the talent they have on the roster. Uh, I don't think, I don't really see them going too far now, especially with Alan Marcus Aldridge, who's such a big part of that team. Um, other than that, that about covers everything I want to say about the NBA. And as such, I think we're moving to the MLB.
0: Yeah, uh, so MLB is really where a lot of the news took place this week. So MLB and MLBPA, who have been arguing disagreements after disagreements, proposals after proposals, ended up not coming to a financial agreement, which is what they had been trying to get to. And that left Rob Manfred to implement his own season, and he implemented a 60-game season, uh, which both sides ended up agreeing to. And when I first saw the news, um, I'm sure a lot of, if you want to call them casual fans, were very confused as to why Why it seems like it was so easy for them to come to this agreement, but for months they'd been fighting. And it is confusing, but what they had been fighting for, for the past months, is a financial agreement and not an actual agreement on the rest of the season. Um, So they didn't come to a financial agreement, and that's what they've been trying to do. Ever since March 26th, when they agreed to to the prorated salaries, um, they have been arguing about how they're gonna be the how the payment's gonna happen because they realized that the coronavirus impacted baseball much more than they expected to and baseball realized they wouldn't be able to pay these players the prorated salaries they had agreed to. Um or to I think they had first around said like 140 games at prorated salaries, but they realized 140 games wasn't gonna happen. So what they had been trying to come to was a financial agreement so that the MLBPA couldn't file a grievance against baseball for limiting the amount of pay they would be getting. Um, and let's, what a grievance could have, what type of grievance could have happened is that the players could have said that, uh, the owners and MLB were trying to push back the season as much as possible. So they would have to pay the players for less amount of games. And obviously from 140 games to 60 games, that's a big difference. And MLB PA could file a grievance saying that they didn't get the justified paid that they should have because MLB tried to push back the amount of games that they could play. Um so obviously what happens now is that MLB is going on with a the season. There's gonna be a sixty game season, but the MLB PA could still file a grievance against baseball and no one's really sure if they're going to. I would imagine they are going to, which sucks because MLB is going to lose a lot of money. Um it'll be interesting how that works out, but I expect something a grievance to happen. I don't know when it would happen and I don't know how all that works, but I feel like that's definitely gonna happen. But if we go past the financial agreement, baseball's back, and that's really exciting um, for baseball fans out there getting to watch uh, their teams play again. And some type of normalcy be back is very nice. Um, Some teams are doing interesting things to make it seem like there's actually fans or whatever. So the Giants um, have said that they're going to try to let their – Season ticket holders have print cutouts of themselves and put them in the stands to replace the fans, which is a really uh, silly idea. Uh, I don't really know what that's going to do, but that's like one really good example of what teams are trying to do. But what the next thing I want to talk about are some of the rules that are going to be in place. Um, the first thing is the Universal DH. Actually, I'll just list them and then I'll go into them. Universal DH, uh, expanded roster size from 26 players to 30 players and the opponents that these teams are going to be play, the teams are going to play against. So the first thing is the Universal DH. Obviously, uh the AL has had the DH for decades now and the NL obviously hasn't. Um and that's been a controversy for a while if the NL is going to get that universal DH and I guess this is a good testing ground for it. But Um, for NL teams, that's going to be very impactful. And for a team like the Mets who have Ioana Cespedes, who hasn't been able to play in two years because his legs just seem to give out on him whenever he runs on them. Um, he can finally use his bat, which has been his most, his most important tool as a Met these past years when he actually did play, which is very exciting that we'll get to, for Mets fans, we'll get to have Ioannis Cespedes back. The next thing is roster size. So they increased it from 26 to 30 players. I'm not sure exactly what the reasoning is behind that, but they did it anyway, and that allows um, teams to either have more pitchers or more bench players, more backups, and whatever. And that's exciting for young players who wouldn't have the opportunity to be on the Major League team but finally got up to the Major League roster. Um, I'm going to use another Mets example. I am a Mets fan, so I just know examples like this. So Andres Jimenez, who's... uh, has been a prospect that Mets fans have been talking about for years now, is finally going to probably... They're expecting him to make the majors this season because of the expanded rosters. Do we? Do I think he's going to have a really good season? No. His bats not really there, but his speed and his defensive skills will be very helpful for the Mets. Um, and something that speed the Mets haven't had in a while. But I'm going to stay away from the Mets as much as possible. The next thing is the opponent's... So, there's going to be 60 games, obviously. 40 of those games are going to be against their um, division. So, let's say the NL East, the Mets are going to be playing the Braves, Nationals, Phillies, and Marlins for 40 out of their 60 games. Then 20 of those games are going to be against their geographical counterparts. So, the AL East, so the Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays. So, the Mets are going to have 20 games against them. Mm, So... I guess I'm going to comment on the Mets again. That's really difficult for certain teams. The NL East is stacked and the Mets are going to have to play 40 of those games against three of the top NL teams in baseball. I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to, I'm going to exclude the Marlins, but the Braves, Nationals and Phillies are three of the top teams in the NL this season and that's going to be a, a hard regular season for the Mets and that's the same for a lot of other teams that are in tough divisions and the AL East is also very good as well. Um, well, the Yankees are just a powerhouse right now, which sucks, but the Rays are good. Um, I guess that's really it, but the NLEs NL and ALAs are still very good divisions, and the Mets are going to have a tough um, regular season because of that. Nick, do you have any comments?
1: Uh, yeah, plenty of uh, comments <coughs> about that. So I think the 60-game season, I think it's a little short. Um, you know, I had said in previous podcasts that I thought shortening the MLB season would actually be a good idea. Um, get get I say casual fans more into the game because the games matter more if there's less games. Um, you know I was thinking more like a hundred games would be a good set point at that. Mm-hmm. Sixty games is pretty short, um, but obviously you know the MLB had gone back and forth a million times on this, and the fact they're even playing a season is pretty incredible at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so sixty games is sixty games, take it or leave it. Um, with that being said. Um, I think the, the new rules I think are actually really really good for the MLB, and I'll explain why. So I think universal DH is amazing for the MLB. I hope they keep it past just just uh, uh, the coronavirus season that we're having. You know, I think when you have a DH in baseball, it allows pitchers to focus on pitching. It allows hitters. It allows play, players who may not be good defensively or you know they might have an extra slot on the team that can really hit well. But the Teams can slot him in and allow him to hit. I think that's, you know, I think that's the direction that baseball should go in. I think, you know, allowing players to do what they're best at and, you know, allowing pitchers to really focus on their pitching and not have to worry about hitting, it increases the level of pitching as well as increase the level of hitting, the quality of hitting across the league. Um, You know, I think, you know, the way that MLB is going, especially over the past couple of years, you know, people like seeing the home run totals um, and and, and seeing, you know, hard hits and, and seeing the bats fly. Um... You know, I think it's the way the MLB should go, and I think it should be—it's going to be interesting, and I think it'll draw in more casual fans. Um, moving on to the roster size, I'd imagine that the roster size is most likely as a result of the coronavirus. I'm assuming—I guess if released, the reason it hasn't been released yet, but my theory would be um, that you know, if they increase the amount of players they have in a roster, it, it allow them to, uh, let's say, somebody gets sick. That's true. Um, they, they, you know, they can swap them out for somebody that's not sick. You know, having that couple extra players could be big for them. And I think the forty and twenty, uh, in terms of playing people in a division, you know, it's tough. I but at the end of the day, I understand it. It's going to lessen travel. It's going to lessen the intermixing of teams. It's going to be easier to control an outbreak if it does happen. Um, so that's one. That's more of a safety precautionary measure. I don't think that's a good idea. So I think increasing the roster size is a good idea, um, as well as the universal DH. I think those are good ideas. Um, I think again, as I said in the past, I think the MLB could use the season as a template going forward to, to see um, what kind of changes can we make to draw in more fans. Because MLB, as we know, and baseball is kind of a dying sport in America—not dead, but you know, its viewership and, and fan, fans have definitely decreased a little bit over over time. And this could be a wait for the MLB to test out different ways to maybe draw people back in. I'd imagine the viewership is going to be up this year yeah uh, less games a lot of people a lot of people have been missing baseball maybe we're going to watch it people are not as doing as much with the coronavirus you know there's a lot of factors that are going to play into this people have been missing sports for a while so i think viewership is going to go up and you know based on the ratings they get they might keep some of these rules so I, I think it's pretty interesting
0: yeah i did have some other comments that i forgot to say so uh for the 60 game season they're doing the prorated salaries and um 60 was, like, the amount that they're saying they could actually pay these players for. So that's the reason that 60 games, Um, I also agree, it's pretty short. I would like to see longer, but at least there's a season. Um, Some of the other things, I wanted to go over some of the dates. So July 1st, which is coming up in three days or four. Is there 31 days? I don't know, whatever. Uh, That's the official reporting date for spring training. That's going to be held in, they're not going down to Florida, like, the Mets and the Yankees aren't going down to Florida. They're staying up in New York. Um, I think they're doing their spring trainings in their stadiums or maybe someone else, somewhere else, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, July 23rd or 24th, depending on the team, is going to be opening day. Uh, August 31st is the trade deadline. September 15th is the cutoff date for playoff Roster eligibility, so I, they're going to still increase the rosters if your team makes the playoffs. And September 27th is when the regular season ends, and I guess the playoffs would begin. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to say, which now I'm forgetting what I wanted to say. Um, I guess it's not that important if I'm forgetting. Yeah, I can't remember. So that's basically it for baseball. Um, I'm excited for the season to start and just excited to watch, for me, the Mets, and see how mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're um, going to go... You, is this going to be a controversial topic for this week?
1: Yeah, I guess it'll be a controversial yeah. topic. Uh, coronavirus, to me, I get tired, tired of talking about it. It's <laughs> been here for so long. Um, you know, not much has changed with the coronavirus other than there's been some increasing cases in the South, I think in Florida and Texas and a few of those states. Um, you know, partially a mix of due to protests, partially the mix of... You know, opening up early, there's no way to pinpoint why it's happening. Although I want to say that, again, I think I've said in the past, these increases were inspected when people did open up that, you know, we'd see more cases. Um, but that being said, we also are testing more. So, to, you know, people are I see people in the media trying to pinpoint it's this, that it, we really don't know. until so you look at it back at back at it in hindsight, and really like do a statistical analysis and analyze everything, every portion of it. Then you really won't know the reason why the cases went up this late into the year after our cases have been dropping for so long Mm -hmm. um so we really don't know um with that being said i think the controversial topic for the for the week is going to be nascar um I, i i'm gonna go a little background about what happened um i'm pretty sure most people know what happened or the gist of it but um nascar racer Bubba wallace oh backtracking before that um nascar had banned the confederate flag which we had talked about last week and and as a result uh, well, I would say as a result, but uh, you know, consecutively after that, um, the only African American racer that they have, or I believe he's half African American, uh, by the name of Bubba Wallace, uh, claimed he had found a noose in his stall. Obviously, if he had found a real noose in his stall, it was somebody trying to intimidate him by putting a noose there. Obviously, what has to do with lynching and and you know African Americans being lynched in the past, um, and I guess the current day as well. Unfortunately, uh, you know, somebody trying to threaten him. Um, it was horrible, absolutely disgusting. If that was true, um, but you know, and, and the NFL and the NASCAR had paraded it as if it was true, and you know, reasonably, right? They had believed it. They believed him. And there was no reason not to believe him. Um, and you know, they, they put on a, a big ceremony for him. You know, the other drivers had had walked with him in solidarity with him, which I think was all right. Um, everything was good there. And then the FBI had done an investigation on it, and they found that, that noose. Um, it was actually a door handle with our, our pulled up uh, a pull down for the garage. So the garage doors and, and you know, NASCAR pretty high up, um, it's impossible to reach the handle for them. So they tie a rope to the door handle and then they they put like a little loop knot or whatever at the bottom so you could just pull it closed. And that was the actual noose, it wasn't a real noose, it was actually a, a pole handle for the, the garage door. And it had been there since October 2019. And when I heard that report came out, I was thinking it was going to be the same thing as Jesse Smollett, where um, yeah, if you guys are not familiar with Jesse Smollett, he had hired uh, two of his, I believe his co-workers, because Jesse Smollett is an actor, or he was an actor. Um, he hired two of his co-workers to put on red hats pretending to be Donald Trump supporters and then assault him. And then he went to the police and he made this big stink about it. he was assaulted by Trump supporters. And the media put it on that Trump supporters are violent towards African-Americans, et cetera, et cetera. Come to find out, obviously, I said he had hired those people, so it was fake. Um, and it's honestly disgusting. You know, I think fake, fake hate crimes are awful. they I, there, to me, fake hate crimes are just as bad as real hate crimes. Um, you, you're you're lessening people who are actually hurt by real hate crimes, and you're, you're drawing away from people that are actually going to be victims of hate crimes. Because the next time a hate crime happens, you know, the people are going to have the notion that what if this one's fake? Instead of instead of you know trying to. Come to a solution and, and try to figure out wh- why the hate crime, you know, the details of the hate crime and trying to correct it and put people who, who committed the hate crime to justice is always going to be that notion that this one could be fake. Um, and in the case of Bubba Wallace, after looking at everything the FBI said, I think that Bubba Wallace honestly did believe there was a noose there. Again, this is 100 this percent is opinion at this point. Um, I believe he did believe there was a noose there. He wasn't Jesse Smollett where he was faking a uh, hate crime. If you look at the pictures of the of the, the the rope that was hanging from the garage door handle, I can absolutely see why somebody would see that and be like, That's a noose especially with everything going on if the, he was given that garage and the circumstances given to him. He could I could definitely see why it, him and his crew thought that was a noose. However, I do think that, you know, after they figured out it wasn't a noose, I think the way the media's portraying it, I wouldn't say it's as much as Bubbles uh bubba wallace but i think the media is portraying it as if the still hate crime still happened which i just totally disagree they're saying like oh the hate the hate crime was fake but the, like the message was real and it's just like but it didn't happen and i, I don't know i don't i'm not a fan of the way the the, the media is portraying it they're saying like as if you know it didn't actually happen but it could happen right. but the thing is it's like it didn't happen so stop portraying it as if as if it happened because it wasn't real and it's a great thing that it wasn't real. It's a great thing that Bubba Wallace was not discriminated against and threatened in that, in that sort of sense. Um, I'm happy that it didn't happen. I think everyone should be in agreement with that. It just seems like the, the way the media looks at it, they're, like, they're upset that it wasn't a hate crime, that it, that it doesn't fit their, their narrative. Um, and again, just reiterating this, like if a hate, hate crime happens, you know, uh, whoever does it should be punished by this as the full force of the law. Um, it's absolutely wrong. It's disgusting a um, special place for those type of people um and I, I don't know I, I just think it's really interesting um but you know it's kind of in the middle but Bubba Wallace you know I think ha- had a, came to a reasonable judgment and luckily it was fake and I think the aftermath is what more of them having an issue of is like people trying to say like it, it was a fake hate crime but the the message is real like trying to draw something that just isn't there you know but I think everyone should just come to the conclusion it was it wasn't real thank god it wasn't and move on um you know, I'm I'm the personal opinion that like most people in America aren't racist. Everyone's just kind of out to feed to provide for their families and, and doing the things that they like. You know, generally good people. I I see the good people in people in the world. And I don't think that there's this overwhelming amount of people that are out to commit hate crimes and, and are out to target uh those who are minorities. I believe again, I just believe the majority of people in America are good people, all just trying to uh make it you know, ends meet for their families and themselves. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's just how I feel, um, Brian, I'll hand it over to you yeah see what you think
0: um so I Nick actually introduced me to this whole controversy because I wasn't even aware of it, but um the way that I look at it, obviously i it totally makes sense that Bubble loss would think that was a noose and uh like Nick said with everything going around going on in the world right now. Him being, I think it's part, I think it's half African-American. Him being <clears throat> half African-American, that's a unfortunately a reasonable conclusion that that could be a noose, which is terrible, but that's what's happening. And that really sucks. The big message that I think was nice to see is how, like, so another controversy inside of that is that NASCAR might have,
1: well, is that even a controversy anymore? The whole of that NASCAR set it up. I it, it could be like, though. So just to backtrack what, what Brian yeah. is saying is that when it originally came out that it was a fake, I had I I had I wouldn't say I like I had absolutely not concluded it, and Brian mm-hmm. could second this. I had theorized it's a possibility that NASCAR could have set it up, yeah. um, and then you know set up the, set up like a, a fake hate crime and support Bubba wallace in order for them to look good Mm -hmm. in order for them to see like oh they're on the side of african americans they're they're for the movement of black lives matter um you know it's tried you know it's pr stunt basically and hopefully they would get away with it i thought it was possibility again with the framing of how jesse smollett did it where he tried framing um you know then again obviously you know there's there's fake hate crimes on both sides right i'm sure there's white people who claim they were attacked by black people and you know not possibly, you know, it definitely happens those white people who are claimed they were attacked by black people or a minority, that they, they got hate you know, they, they had a hate crime, they're faking it, and they're faking it. Of course. Uh, it happens both ways. It's just that Jesse Smollett was really big in the news and that's that's why it resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um th- that's an example that I know details about, so that's the only reason I'm using it, just to clarify that. Um but you know, I, I just think with the setup that he had it where he hired people to, to look like Trump supporters were bad and, and to And to get people to look at, you know, create this false narrative that everyone's out to against each other um, or, you know, that like the left people who who lean left or against Trump are the good are the good people. Um, You know, I feel like creating false narrative could have been something NASCAR could have done. Um, You know, looking at at, at better pictures of the news, you know, I think it's again, none of this is true. I'm sure the FBI is going to further get investigated and figure out what really happened if there is more to do. Um, In terms of the investigation side, but you know, what seeing the picture of the noose, it was a pretty large uh, noose. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a regular loop knot that most garage pull door handles would be tied Mm -hmm. with. It was an actual noose knot, uh, or a knot used to tie a noose. Which is interesting, I wonder. You know, I wonder who tied it. Number one, was it because they're they're racist? That's such a stretch Mm -hmm. to me. And my, it's again totally opinion, totally theorizing. Don't know anything. I think that person, whoever tied it, honestly didn't know another knot. <laughs> it's just unskilled their job, and it's, for some reason, that's the only knot they knew how to tie, or they struggled tying that rope, so they, they knew that knot was, was tighter. I'm not an expert on tying complex knots. I'm going to be wrong, but I'd assume a, a noose knot, you know, if it's able to, unfortunately, hold a person, I'm assuming it's a stronger knot, and, you know, I hate that. You know, I don't like that I said that, but I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say. That it's, a, it's probably a stronger knot, so maybe he had tied a loop, a regular loop knot, and it wasn't strong enough. So he tied that knot for whatever reason. We don't know why he tied that knot. Um, obviously, not a good decision. I don't know why they should have. They probably should have thought that through before they, they tied a, a knot that was like a noose and just left it there, without informing anybody. Um, you know, I, questionable decisions to say the least. Um, but again, with with the size of the knot and, and definitely looks like a noose i can absolutely understand that like why Bubba wallace would have thought that and it, it simply seems more plausible that he was innocent in this and he honestly just saw the noose and he was like well we just banned the confederate flag i'm an african american people yeah. are upset this is definitely something that, that somebody could be doing and it's absolutely reasonable that he could have came to that and i think that's where the evidence points so that's probably what i'm going to go with here but again before i knew before i saw the picture of the noose i um i figured he was he they may have been in on it just for a pr sub but um, at this point, I would probably say that's it's, it's wrong,
0: and also the you fact know, that it's been there for years. Mm-hmm. It's been
1: there since since 2019. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I was I was you know I like to speculate on possible things, but I definitely I'm, I want to say I'm open minded and I definitely don't want it to come to any conclusions based mm-hmm. on previous episodes like the Jesse Smollett. I want to judge each individual situation as an individual situation, and for what I'm seeing here, I think that Bubba Wallace made an honest mistake. Um, And that, you know, he was just scared with everything going on. And I totally sympathize with him. And I I understand why he thought that. Um, And thank God it wasn't true. Thank God he wasn't discriminated against. It's it's a good
0: thing. Right. And so basically what I was saying is that the message that should be taken is everyone was behind Bubba Wallace at the end. Mm -hmm. And the big, uh, with everyone riding, uh, not riding, but standing next to his car and being behind his car, showing Mm -hmm. the unity that nascar had is an important thing to take away and um that's really all i have to say but it's definitely sad that something like that that bubble walls would have to come to that conclusion with how america is going right now
1: yeah i definitely want to say that you know although the fake the hate crime is fake and i think the media portraying that oh it could have happened so like you know, there's still racist people out there, etc. That type of narrative I don't think is plausible. But I absolutely think that you should focus on the fact that everyone came behind him. Yeah. Everyone was with him. Like, hate crime, that, that type of thing is not acceptable. That person should to, to, see, to see justice through the law, through the court of law. Um, you know, that is not right. You can't have that. I think everyone coming, all the drivers, and I think all of media and everyone coming together, and that part of, of what happened, I think is really important to take away, as you said. I think that's the important part, that I think that most Americans would stand behind that and say no one should ever have to you know, be threatened like that. Right. That shouldn't happen. And if it does, the, the person who did it should, should receive punishment. I think everyone can agree with that. I think taking away that, you know, everyone in America, I think is on the right, I think everyone, most people in America are pretty much in the same direction. We all want to live peace, peaceful lives with equality and we all want to see, we don't want to see hate crimes happen. We want to just go to our jobs and enjoy, you know, the things that we enjoy and, you know, not and not see horrible things like that, I think, you know, everyone can pretty much agree to that. And I think, um, you know, t- the situation like that, if you take away the unity that was created, I think that's a positive thing that we can take away.
0: Right. Um, so that's really it for the podcast. So, Nick, any final thoughts?
1: Um, I guess not much. You know, I've been pretty much doing nothing. Just trying to take, trying to take in everything that's going on in the media. Um, you know, personally, I am a little... I want to say but I, I, I want to see like more sports on, on sports channels again and less uh, political Black Lives Matter activism. I think there's a place for that in terms of like a CNN or, or different channels. But you know, when I turn on NFL network, I like to see football.
0: Um,
1: I like you know I think everyone could agree that like no matter how passionate you are about Black Lives Matter, and I definitely you know, again I understand why people are passionate. It makes sense. Um, I think everyone likes to have a break once every once in a while from whatever they're doing. Whether you know a doctor, they like to see. They don't like talking about medicine 24 7. They like to have a break and just relax and watch a TV show once in a while. And like football is that kind of escape, basketball is kind of that escape for me from my reality. So I I do want to see like sports return back to those channels. I understand why they're doing what they're doing, but I I don't know. I kind of just miss football and basketball. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Again, I'm just saying what I miss. Um, Not that they're wrong for doing that. It's just I miss seeing sports. Um, It's nice that we'll have them back by the end of July. I wish it was a little bit sooner, but we'll take it um other than that i'm just hoping to go back, back to school soon uh they move i have to for my school for villanova we're going back like i'm going back i think august 15th and then we're ending november 20 something like right before thanksgiving oh, and yeah. that's the end no breaks in between we have to wear masks at all times uh should be interesting the finals are going to be at home uh, it should be interesting to see how it plans out um so yeah um other than that if you guys have any comments questions or concerns feel free to contact me at my uh, email at nicholashorvath10 at yahoo.com. Uh, you can find me on my Twitter at nickhorvath61, or you can find me on my Instagram, nick.horvath61. Um, other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Um, I'm hoping this world continues to come to, come to some sort of, sort of sense of unity, because uh, 2020 has not been great so far between the coronavirus and, the, the, the I would say, the division that's... Uh, um, you know, that's that been happening in terms of the police, police brutality um, between Americans. It's just, it's, I don't like to see it. I want to see a peaceful unity between all Americans. Um, so I'm hoping we get that back. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. Again, I hope you guys can understand that we're just sharing our opinions. We don't mean to offend anybody. Um, if you got Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. We respect everybody's opinion. Everyone's opinion is just as valid as the next person's. Um, so, again, I'm hoping you guys enjoyed. Other than that, I'm going to hand over to Brian. Thank you for listening. All
0: right, so um, my final thoughts. Not much going on. Uh, we took a break from the YouTube channel this week because something was up with the YouTube algorithm. Um, weren't getting a lot of views. So, posting on mon- tomorrow, actually, uh, Giannis and however you say his last name, uh, video. So, we'll be back with that. Um, I have an actual job starting soon, my camp's running, um, should be interesting how that works, it's gonna be three days a week, and a lot of other precautions taking place will be interesting to see, that's gonna be my first, like, normal life in a while, even though it's not really normal, uh, no updates on how my school's running, so, that should be interesting, um, other than that, check out our YouTube, check out our Instagram, um we have a tiktok all the sport universe so you can check us out there um if you have any interest writing for us editing videos or any way you think you could help contact the sport universe 2019 at gmail.com other than that thanks for listening